This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. Good morning. You're listening to the Mac and Jack Sports Show on Northeast Streaming Sports. And we are. We're here Saturday morning, 8 a.m., as we are every Saturday morning, the Mac and Jack and Doc Saturday Debate Show. Of course, we always hope that the Philly sports guy, Jamie Pags, will pop in. The Phillies have advanced in the playoffs. They have a great player named Bryce Harper, who should have been a Yankee. We were just talking about that off stage. And we're actually going to jump right into, but first, hello, Mac. Hi, Jack. How you guys doing? Good morning, Doc. Good morning out to, out to everybody out there today. Uh, we're going to jump right into this because the, the Braves were a big-time team. They won a whole lot of games. They had a bye, and they lost. And we've seen a lot of upsets in the baseball playoffs so far. So the question is, is the bye a problem? Does the bye give the team with the bye a disadvantage, hey, Rick, in the playoffs? What do you think? It depends the sport that we're talking about. Let's talk baseball. I think we're talking uh, baseball right now, yeah. Okay, if we're talking strictly baseball, it's an advantage and a disadvantage. The obvious advantage, you want to buy because you automatically advance in the playoffs and you go deep in the playoffs. You don't have to play that round. That means you automatically win a playoff round by default. And to say that you don't want to do that would be ludicrous to say, oh, I'd rather keep shop and risk it and play an extra round. But with that said, the team that you're playing then has an advantage when they get to you when you finally do play. Because in baseball, it's all about sharpness. In football and basketball, you could have 10 days off. And it would be beneficial. You'll heal up, you know, and you could practice. And you could still maintain a good degree of sharpness. But in baseball, to have a layoff of a week, 10 days, it's really bad. I mean, it really throws you off. And, you know, and we've seen it happen in this playoff series. It's not the reason why three of the four teams with a bye lost. But I, it's hard to believe it didn't contribute to it some some way. Because the Braves were clearly the best team in baseball this year. And they just came out flat, you know, here in the playoffs. And obviously the Dodgers didn't show anything with the Diamondbacks. And the Orioles, who had a great year, 101 wins, for them to get swept by Texas. You know, you kind of wonder whether the bye did have an effect on that. So, Jack, I didn't hear your answer. I didn't hear your answer, Jack. I heard, I heard yes, it does, and no, it doesn't. So I mean, well, that, I, yeah, yeah. Because the buy, would I rather have a buy if I was a baseball team? Absolutely, anyone would well, rather have a buy because you'll win a series automatically. You advance as opposed to having to play and take a risk of losing. Every team tries to get a buy. They all try to get that buy. If it comes down at the end of the season, the last game of the season, you think any manager? is going to say, oh, I don't care whether I win or lose, so if I don't get the buy, that'll actually help me? Of well, course so, not. So if you get the buy, you say you win a series, who cares if you don't go to the World Series? Who cares? I it mean, does hurt. It does it, hurt in the cases of so Atlanta. No, 
So, so it hurt all the teams, not just Atlanta. The Dodgers have had buys, what, the last three years, I think? Well, it didn't hurt Houston. Okay, Houston has won that, you know, they won their series. They beat, they had to buy where they didn't have to play, then they beat Minnesota. So they have a shorter path to the World Series. So, so, so again, the three out of the four teams have lost, though. The Dodgers, at 100, they've won 100 games the last three years. They haven't made it to the World Series. Um, I think, Doc, that if you look at it right, if you look at the stats and what, what's going on, it clearly shows that it's a disadvantage for, for you to win that bye week. As Jack says, you're not as sharp. Uh, they, you know, he brings up football. You could practice them. I imagine they practice in baseball too. I imagine they're hitting the, hitting the, hitting the ball around and they're fielding and they're doing everything to try to stay sharp. I imagine the pitchers are throwing so many innings. It's listen, com- competition is what keeps you sharp. And I don't care if you talk football, baseball, basketball. Competition keeps you sharp. And if you're not competing against another team for for, for a win. You're still you're 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 going to get rusty. It's just normal. If you're running a marathon, we talked about a marathon. If you're not running marathons and all you're doing is is jogging around a block or pretending you're running a marathon, you're not sharp. You stay sharp by competing against other people. And clearly, clearly, over the last few years, it has shown that if you have a bye week, you're not sharp, and it's a disadvantage to you. So, I mean. The Dodgers have all this money. They have all these players. They have the best team uh, money can buy. And they still can't make it that they got knocked off by the Phillies last well, year. Well, right? Matt, 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 last year's the defending World Series champion, Houston Astros, who are so far advancing in the playoffs with a bye, they had to buy last year and they won the World Series. The True. Dodgers won a World Series in recent times. I believe they had a bye too. I not mean, the last. Well, I know not in the last three years they haven't, Jack. I know uh, that's. But let me give some. Teams are alternate winning. Oh, four teams get a buy. Only one team can win the World Series. So we're going to well, say, oh, the other three teams didn't win it because they got the buy and they're not they shocked. Didn't even make, Jack, didn't even make a World Series. They didn't even make it to the championship, Jack. Never mind. The, never mind the World Series. They didn't even make it to the division to the to, to the conference championship. That hap- that happens. That happens all the time. Baseball, anyone can beat anyone. The Oakland Athletics. That's any sport, Jack. Why do you say baseball is that way? Football is the same way. Anybody can beat anyone. Is it give any given Sunday? Basketball is the same way too. Why do you why are you saying just baseball? It's the same for all sports. More so in baseball. Much more so in baseball. Anyone can beat anyone. I could take the Brooklyn Cyclones. And put them against the uh, Houston Astros, and let's say best five out of nine. The Cyclones might actually win one game. One game they might actually win. But if I take a a semi-pro football team and put them against any NFL team, they're going to get massacred. Well, semi-pro football team is like a is. I'll is take even- a, I'll take a college team and put them against the best NFL team, you're going to get massacred. Yeah. I, I, I no, know. The college team might be able to beat the Jets, but that's a different story. I'm just kidding, Jack. Just kidding. Just having some fun. Let me give some historical perspective yeah. on this. In 1976, a year as Yankee fans were all very excited about, um, 
you know, Chris Chambliss, the Yankees go five games against the Kansas City Royals. Chambliss hits the big home run. And the next day, the Yankees were flying out to Cincinnati and playing, I think, the next day or the day after. I, I, don't, I don't have the exact date. But the Reds, I believe, swept the Phillies. And the Reds had a whole bunch of days off. And then the World Series came. And, you know, when I talked to Roy White when I was writing his book, he is of the opinion that the Yankees would have fared better if they hadn't gone straight from that series against the Royals into the World Series with only a day off. The Reds had had a whole bunch of days off and they massacred the Yankees. They swept the series, though the games were closer than people realize uh, if you look at the scores and how the game shook out. But the rest didn't hurt the Reds that year. I, I think the problem with these arguments is that with, there's always going to be examples with, of, with, of all, teams. with with all due respect to Roy White Cincinnati was just a better team they were going to beat the I Yankees. agree with Matt they, on that they probably were going to they probably right. going to sweep them anyway I don't care if the Yankees had two weeks off I know I don't know what they the Red, Red, listen. Oh, come, on, come on Jack yeah, come on Jack I, I watched this series the Yankees I love the Yankees and I love Roy White all due respect to him, there is no way that they would have beat the Reds or even feared that much better, Doc. Honestly. I mean, I love the Yankees. I really do. The Reds are winning that series 10 times out of 10 times. There is no way the Yankees. I don't want to take this on a tangent. What I'm saying, and, and I'll disagree. If we go back and maybe we should do that someday, look at the game-by-game game scores. Some of those games were won in the in the late innings. What I was White what Roy White's points were, was, was that the Yankees were exhausted from the series before. And what I was saying was you could look at any individual game or any individual series and say, see, the bye hurt the Braves. Here's the reason why. Or the bye didn't hurt the Astros. Here's the reason why. So I think we can, we can always find examples that are going to try to prove the point or not. The bigger point was that if you're playing that series before, like the Yankees had to, and they go to five games and it's an exhausting series going into that next series, you may, I would think not be as ready as the team who has the rest heading into the next series. If you have the days off and baseball different than the other sports, you can then set up your rotation. You can then set up your bullpen. The guys who are tired can get more of a rest. They did that. They did that, and they still lost. And you and you bring up Houston is that's a that's the same comparison with Cincinnati Yankees as Houston to Minnesota. Do you really think Minnesota is more talented? Houston's not a powerhouse team. You think you think you think Minnesota is more talented than than Houston or as talented as Houston? Minnesota had a good year. It was a wonderful series for Minnesota. In a a terrible division. In a terrible division. And Houston just barely squeaked out their division. In a good division. In a competitive division, yeah. So you're you're and and Doc, you're giving me 1976. The wild card isn't set up the same as as there was these wild card teams. And again, I'm 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 not I'm using that as an example to say the Yankees went into that series exhausted. So the point being that um, the days off often help teams because it allows you to set up your rotation. Are we going to find examples where it didn't? Yeah, of course we are. But are we going to find examples where the buy uh, helped a team because it allowed them to get the rotation and, and their players 
the rest they needed. If if your player is is nursing a little injury and he could use a couple of days, that buy is going to help you. So so there's going to be times when you come into a series hot and you're playing great baseball, and then they're going to say the reason you, you won was because you didn't have the buy. And there's going to be times when you come into a series cold, and they're going to say, oh, the reason you lost was because you had the buy. If, you if you're the- a manager, Mac, would you rather start your next series with only one day off and then, and then resume the next series? Or would you rather be given five days off? So I don't get rusty. I'd rather have two days off if I get a choice. How's that? The point I'm making, guys, is the Phillies have done it two years in a row. This is the second time in two years they've done this. And it looks like – I mean, I, 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 I'm I, picking Arizona to win, but on down deep, Phillies are going to win this again. And this year they may win the World Series. Let me just go back to that 76 World Series. This is not illustrative – a good illustration. I can't get the word out of, of, of um, whether or not the buy helps the Yankees though. Would you consider a game in game one? Let me see what game one. Here it is a game. That's three to one heading into the seventh inning. Would you consider that a close game? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Yankees were down three to one going into the seventh inning in game one against the Reds. The Reds scored two in the seventh. So the final score, five to one, looks like they destroyed the Yankees, but they were in that game. It was one, one after two innings, two to one after three innings, three to one after six innings. They didn't get blown out in that game. In game two, and I only brought up the first two games, the Reds won four to three. They won in the bottom of the ninth. It was tied three, three heading into the ninth inning. That's a close game. There's no way to say like the Yankees were totally outclassed by the Reds in those first two games. They weren't. Doc, they got, doc, they got swept. It, they did, but they got swept in close games. <laughs> I, it, does it really matter? They were swept. They didn't win one game, Doc. They, listen, the Cincinnati's Reds had a better team than the Yankees. I'm not I'm not denying That's that. The Reds were That's better. They were the big red yeah. machine. But let's also remember it was the last moment of their dynasty. That team never again made it to the World Series. Okay. In fact, they didn't even win the division the next year. The, the Dodgers did. Or the year after, the Dodgers did. So it was a great team. That was at the very end of its great run. And my point is only that everybody says the Yankees were demolished in the series. And that my point was the games were closer than people remember. And I just proved that point. In the first two games, the Yankees were in them into the late innings, including the second game, into the bottom of the ninth. It was still a tie game. They weren't blown out. Okay, they, so now they were in the game. Now, with your with the way you're looking at this, okay. Now, after after when they go back home to play in New York. Right, they go back and they play in New York, and I think they got crushed. I was at Game Four of that series but, actually. But now, the Yankees win until Johnny Bench hit a three-run homer. But now, would you, now would you say that this now is as evened up that the Reds are just as tired as the Yankees now when they're going now? You're at the third, fourth game. I don't now, think so. Now, don't you think that evens out? No, because they had a better chance to set up their rotation. They still yeah. had the rest a couple of days before. So that's that's really just my point. Like, I think we can look at individual examples and say the rest helped the Reds, probably. And there's a perspective that it could have. But well, then well, there's a perspective the that, the, that the rest yeah. didn't help the Braves. Okay. Doc, let's get the bottom line and ask Mac point blank. 
If you need to win two playoff series to get to the World Series, or need to win three playoff series to get to the World Series, and you have an option to take the bye and automatically win a round and be two playoff series away, are you going to say, no, I don't want to buy. I want to play an extra series and risk losing it against anybody. I think anybody would, as a manager, take that. But I don't necessarily think it's an advantage, Jack. No, Russia, it does hurt you competitively when you're off too long. In baseball, I said that before, but is the buy a good thing? It's better than not having a buy. So you take the buy and you have to live with it and you hope, you know, you shake the rust out. But if the buy was a, a negative thing, teams wouldn't even be trying to be a top two seed. They just tried to make the playoffs. It would be kind of like we were talking a little about marathoning before the show. Top three marathoners in the Olympic trials make the Olympic team. So third is as good as first in that type of situation. But if the first place finisher had some type of advantage outside of getting a few more dollars, then it becomes important. In other words, so the, the buy the buy is important to get. It moves you closer to where you want to be, but it doesn't help you as far as sharpness goes. You do have to overcome that to an extent. Yeah. And sometimes teams do, and sometimes they don't. Sometimes they don't. But the That's Phillies, did we ever think the Phillies at this point of the year, not for the whole year, at this point of the year, are maybe just a little better than the Braves at this point of the year? It has nothing to do with rust. The Phillies are peaking. They're the defending National League champions, not Atlanta this year. I picked the Braves to win the World <laughs> Series. So it was the Phillies who got there last year. Maybe the Phillies are just a little better than the Braves. You know, records withstanding. They got off to a slow start. But by the end of the year now, the Phillies are just a tiny bit better. Well, if I remember last year, the Phillies beat the Braves too to, to get to the Yeah, maybe they're just a little maybe better. Maybe they're in the Braves' head, Jack. Maybe they're just in their heads. Maybe. You know. I'm going to look up a quick statistic, but while I do that, because I don't like to have dead, quiet time while people look things up on the internet, I'm going to look up the Philly statistics against the Braves in the regular season the last couple of years. Maybe that well, will the, help. Well, the Braves swept them, I think, to start the season. They beat the Phillies, as I recall, uh, three straight, I believe. I might be wrong, but I think they swept them. Well, against the- Atlanta this year, they were the Phillies were 5-8. and eight. But I think the first three games, Atlanta won. So they okay. were even after that, I believe. And so. against last year, they were 8-11. and 11. So over the course of the full season, the, the Braves were a better team head-to-head during the season. Whatever. How were they that. the second half of those years? That, oh, I, I don't have that number broken That's down that revealing. much. In the second half of last year, the Phillies went 38-32. and 32. Um, In the second half of this year... The Phillies went forty-two and thirty-one. Yeah, so yeah, so this is a team that does seems to do a whole lot better in the second half. But 
Um, and so maybe that's how they design the team. Who knows? I, I'm saying I don't think you can draw. I don't think the buy hurts you. I don't think the buy helps you. I think anybody would take the buy if you have the opportunity, because I think by and large, it gives you the better chance. to. Uh, wait, wait, wait. We went from Doc to Pack. I don't know what happened there. Maybe Pags tried to get in. On, on well, Docs. you know, we were talking baseball, Mac. Who are you predicting in the Houston, Texas series? That's that's a good question. I mean, I I I want Texas to win. You know, I really do. I want Texas to win. Um, will they win? I don't know. I mean, I would love for Texas to win this this series. Houston, Houston's been there before. That might help them. Um, same thing with the Phillies. The Phillies have been there before. Maybe that also helps them. I don't know, Jack. I would love to see. A, I know the MLB doesn't want it, but I would love to see um, Houston. I mean, Texas and and Arizona play. I don't, but I don't think that's what MLB wants. I don't think they want. Do that. you give Arizona a reasonable shot at upsetting the Phillies because they've been a Cinderella yes, team yes, so far? I mean, beating Milwaukee, the Dodgers. You know, the Dodgers starting pitching was in such disarray going into that series. On reflection, we shouldn't be shocked that Arizona won. I mean, Mookie Betts, but I will say it was a surprise. Mookie Betts didn't get a hit. Freddie Freeman batted 100 in the three games. So those guys really didn't come through, you know, the way that they should have. And the Dodgers bullpen did fine. Right. It started pitching with a mess. Clayton Kershaw bombed out in game one. Lance Lynn in game three gave up a few homers. So it was rough. I'm looking at the other debate questions we have here, Mac. Okay, after the buy one. Uh, this is one you you sent in. Ah, oh, there's Doc is back. Okay. So. Yes, I'm, somehow I got disconnected there, but I'm back. Yeah, the next think, question. Think, yeah, the next question was should the boxing weigh ins be shown on TV? I, I, I don't really see any of them, so I don't really have an opinion on that. But maybe Jack does. Yeah, I it's sent this one on the app. Uh, it's not shown actually. I mean, what's it's harmless. You're showing it on. You're showing it on one of you know an ESPN Plus or the Zone or or the Showtime, you know, cable channel. Not the actual TV. You're not going to turn on and usually see the weigh-ins unless it's a very very big fight. And if it's a major fight, it gives you a little bump. It helps ticket sales as anticipation there. No harm caused, you know. A lot of people don't watch weigh-ins. I don't make it a point to watch weigh-ins unless I just happen to be around and it's going to be on that moment. Then I'm going to take a look. It's pretty much like a waste of, a waste of time. And I kind of, a little story, I kind of got burned by not watching a weigh-in once. I did a story on the former world champion, Joey Gamash. She was fighting Arturo Gatti, the lead, and I was gonna spend the night, and I did, in Gamash's dressing room, write about what went on before his fight with Gatti, then be in the dressing room afterwards. So spending the week with him, he asked me, was I gonna be at the weigh-in? And I said, nah, it's a waste of my time. Well, Gaddy gets on the scales and there's a lot of controversy whether he actually made weight. And it was a whole big fiasco and it turned into a lawsuit. Why was he even called as a witness eventually? 
And that's one of the cases you never know what could go down at any point. But I mean, who cares if they show it on TV or they don't show it on TV? I mean, like anything else, you know, if you want to watch it, watch it. If you don't, you don't. I don't see the harm in putting it on. Do sometimes oh. boxers, you know, overplay to the camera and the, the you know yell at the other guy and stuff like that at a at a weigh in because it's being televised? Would that be an argument against it? Well, I, I think a better question, guys, would be: Should we allow the stare down? The two boxers look one another right in the face, and hostilities could be building up. Someone can get hurt, and someone is going to get hurt someday. Could you imagine one boxer punches the other one in the face and he cuts him? Now the fight can't take place. The whole promotion goes down the drain. Or they start scuffling. Something If someone gets in between them, gets hurt. They have to be kept from a distance. Maybe you have a marked off area where they could look at one another, such as when we had during the pandemic. You know, you have to keep a certain space like six feet away and if you pass that line then that's like a major fine like you have to give up 10 percent of your purse or something but it's a dangerous situation you know these stare downs at the weigh-in because eventually something bad's going to break out with that you, you no, that happened in creed balboa three i'm sorry mac you know what i Go saw ahead. i asked i actually saw a plexiglass between the two fighters uh during the weigh-in, so and and a guy hit the Tyson plexiglass. and Lennox Lewis. Oh, I just saw it recently. I don't think it was Tyson, but maybe it was Tyson. That that happened before too. The, this is what this is what the debate question was about. Do you really need? And and the fighters know that people are watching. This is why they do that stare down, and it does end up sometimes in people throwing punches. Um, you know, in 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 the in the WMA female they female division they end up kissing each other sometimes. But the the point being is, as Jack said, someone could get hurt. The fight may get co called off. Um, there could be a, an arrest made. I mean, if they really wanted to go that far, I mean, why do that? Why do that? If the, te if the television wasn't there, they're not going to do it. And this is what this is why the question is they wouldn't they wouldn't do that because there's nobody watching so it really wouldn't matter so why not have the weigh in and 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 you know film it for later or something some way where they don't know it's there or some way where it's not we're gonna have a stare down and I'm gonna get in your face and say something and it and helps ticket sales match but it helps understand a better another better question should be should the weigh in be held the day before the fight or on the day of the fight. That debate's gone back and forth. But but as far as the stare down goes, which we have it every way in, I mean, Doc could, you know, talk about this too, about fighters need their space away from one another. Case in point, uh, Paulo Creed, when he trained Balboa, was telling Balboa to keep his cool against Clubber yeah, Lang, was, uh, the, not uh, to get rattled. And Clubber Lang fight against Lang, to, yes, Rocky Three. And then he walked up to Apollo, and Apollo tried to ignore him, and then he said, to, gave him a little shove, and then, you know, everything was breaking up. And even Balboa said, you said to keep my cool, cool. and he said, I am being cool, you know, Apollo said. Mm -hmm. Indeed. 
I think the Rocky movies are more real than than boxing yeah. sometimes. But anyway, <laughs> I don't watch enough boxing anymore. We've had that discussion. They need to make it more accessible to people. All right, you let's let's have some fun with. I want to say one thing. I was thinking the other day of this, and this is the truth. Stallone copied so much in the ring mannerisms of these fighters. Exactly what they did, he would be having scenes even. When he got knocked down one fight and he grabbed the ropes to get up, same exact way Chuck Wepner was trying to get up against Dolly. Same exact way, uh, throw, you know, thunder lips, the wrestler throwing Stallone out of the ring. Same exact way Andre the Giant threw Chuck Wepner out of the ring. And even the words when, you know, the second Rocky movie, when Rocky wins the title, the ring announcer says, the winner, like on a Stunning, upset, you know, and all. I mean, just the work. Maybe that was copied off Stallone because when Douglas, Douglas beat Tyson, those were the words used. So maybe Stallone's was copied a little bit as well. I just watched an interview with Stallone. Uh, I only saw the first maybe 20 minutes of it. But it's interesting. He was talking about how he wanted to learn how to become a producer of movies a guy who makes movies this is before he was in hollywood and it's a great lesson on on how you learn to be great at something like if you want to be able to write you should read a lot and he was an usher in a movie theater and he said he learned about filmmaking by being an usher because he watched the same movies time after time after time and he learned the tricks of the trade by seeing how they used camera angles and and you know all the different things that they use in movies to help tell the story and move a story forward. So there there's there's a there was a great lesson in there. I found that to be quite interesting. Let me give you guys a little quiz. I may have asked you this before. Before the Rocky movies, Stallone to me, to yours truly was a major star. I loved him. What movie was it? Oh, there's a couple. He was in what? Paradise Alley. He was in Fist. He was in. Before, no, no, no. Before the Rocky movies even. Existed. American Graffiti. Wasn't he in that? No. He was a major star Lord, to me. Lords of Flapper. You got it, Mac. You Lords nailed it. He wasn't a major star. No, he, to Lord me, he was a major was star to no one else. You know? Yeah. But I loved Stallone yeah. from that movie. And I brag about it was, before Rocky. There was some. There was some really big stars in there. Henry Winkler was in there. Henry Winkler. I forget the other guy, the other slick guy in there. Uh, he went on to play in movies too. So it was it was right, a movie that right, I, right, yeah. I can't remember his Perry name. King, I think. Perry King, and after I uh, maybe might be. Go might be. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure, but yeah, Lords of the Flatbush. I remember watching. Lords of Flatbush. Yeah. Yeah. Flatbush Avenue. Good stuff. All right, so let's move on. This is a fun question. I, I can't wait to hear your answers because, again, I believe Mac and Jack are both in favor of allowing fans to catch home run balls and throw players out of the bases. It's something I still can't understand. We will not have that discussion today. But Daniel Jones, I don't think he's playing this week, but Daniel Jones has been sacked, I think at last count this year, 400 million times. And, of course, he had a neck injury. We do see quarterbacks getting hurt especially ones who don't have great protection from their offensive lines. And there've been all sorts of variations on rules regarding quarterbacks and their safety, the in the grasp rule. And then they, you know, whatever. Should they just put flags on quarterbacks? 
I mean, that's a, that's a joke, obviously. I mean, the, the rules got to protect the quarterbacks. I mean, we got to be with the times. They're the most valuable players on the field, the most valuable commodity. I think the defensive players have adjusted now when they sack a quarterback, do enough to get him on the ground. And listen, when a quarterback starts taking off and running, they're allowed to hit him hard. Quarterbacks have to do their part, and they do for the most part. They hit the deck when they're in the open field. So I, I don't think – I think it's an overrated rule at this point because I think the defensive linemen, you know, have adjusted to it. Max old school, he believes you should be able to knock the quarterback out of the game. That used to be the goal. It would increase a player's value. You knock the quarterback out of the game, it's a badge of honor. You take cheap shots at them. You could get away with it. But we got to be with the times. I think it's fine the way the rule is Put now. flags but, on them. I've had enough. Put flags on these guys. Stop Stop with the insane referees running the game here. You can't hit a quarterback high. You can't hit them low. If you're trying to block the ball and you hit him in the head, it's a penalty. You can't fall on top of the guy. You can't when he when he's running. I, I want you guys to try one thing. And I, you know, I played football for ten years. I played quarterback. I want you guys and, and safety run fast as you can at anything, anything, and move it and see if you don't hit it in a different way. They got quarterbacks running. These guys coming full speed at this guy, and at the last second they decide to slide. And then again, the guy of course gets in the head because he's sliding, and they call a penalty on him. He's running out of bounds. Run fast as you can on a field, out of bounds, and try to stop. Well, you can't stop. So the quarterback steps out of bounds. He gets hit. There's another flag. It's ridiculous today. The, the rules are ridiculous. You, you, there's, there's certain things when you're playing football at full speed that you can't control. And if you're not going to be able to hit him high, you can't hit him low, you can't – Hit him. You can't try to block a pass when you're next to him. You can't hit him when he's running downfield. Put flags on. Yes, you can. You're allowed to do all that stuff. Yeah, if he slides, did you listen to what I just said? If he slides, you can. I will will say this. Put flags on the guys. Get it over with because it hurts the team. You're penalizing this, this team 15 yards for playing football. They're playing the game of football. If you don't want them to hit the quarterback, if you want to save your precious little quarterbacks, put flags on them. And that way you the, the refs don't have a call. You grab the flag, he's down, you don't, he can keep going. Simple. Guys, quarterbacks are getting hurt. It just mentioned Daniel Jones got hurt. Anthony Richardson, the co-quarterback, Audi got hurt. Deshaun Watson gets injured. Guys are getting hurt. I will say this, they should have a deception rule. If a quarterback is running towards the sideline, he shouldn't be allowed to put a fake on in the stay in field and try to pick up a few extra yards. That should be considered giving himself up in fairness to the defender. Because you're right, Mac, the defender running after him has to take his foot off the accelerator at some point and not, you know, and not hit him. At a certain point, once once he takes a step out of bounds, that's it. You can't hit him at that point because he's out of bounds. So quarterback shouldn't allow to fake like he's going out of bounds and then stay in. 
who are you playing this way? You're playing the you're playing the Philadelphia Eagles, right? Jalen Hurts yeah. is a running quarterback. All right. Yeah. Well, Williams comes in and and he hits him high one play, right? Penalty. You, you hit the quarterback above the above the chest. Look, don't That's hit him above. Don't hit him too high. They know not that, to do that. Oh yeah, you could control that, Jack. When you got an offensive lineman in front of you and you break away. So the next play, Williams comes in. He gets blocked into the quarterback. He hits him below the knee. There's another 15 yard penalty. Well, if he, he goes gets block, blocked he into goes the quarterback. He goes to block the ball. Yes, they do get called for it. He goes to block the ball. He hits the quarterback in the helmet by accident. 15 yards on him right then. Then Hertz decides he wants to run. So he's going full speed. One year, uh, um, Sauce Gardner comes up. He's going to he's gonna hit uh, Hertz like he's supposed to. Hertz hits the deck in the last second. He hits him in a helmet. 15 more. You've just, you've just penalized the Jets. 50, 60 yards for playing football. Put flags on him. Get it Matt, over with. Get show over me with. statistically – the last time any team on one possession was penalized 60 it's yards. Possible, Jack, it's possible, according to, the, according to the rules, it's possible. But Those it doesn't rules. happen. Of course, it's possible. Jack, it, but, but it does happen certain times. You're going to like you make Max. a big play. It's third down. You sack the quarterback, and you're flat because you fell on top of him. Come on. Are you kidding me? Don't. Let's not do that. Pull the flag. It's done. Play you know, they have one of those things on 30 by 30, the ESPN specials, the Bullies of Baltimore. They had a defensive tackle, Tony Saragusa, and they showed him in the playoff game, the AFC championship game with uh, Rich Gannon, the way Tony Saragusa jumped on Rich Gannon when he was on the ground, and then he lifted his big body up and fell on him again and injured Gannon's arm, and Gannon was out of the game. That's what we have to protect him against. Hey, Joey. Uh, Joey Corpus there, really good boxing rider, by the way, top of the line. Okay. And he says whatever Jack says. I, yeah, you know well, what? I, I think I think what, what Mac is doing is he's trying to make the point. I, I was watching a game. I don't think it was last week. I think it was the week before. But um, you do see this a lot of times. The defensive guy is coming in and he's ready to make the sack. And at the last second, the quarterback throws the ball. But he's already like ready to get him. And so then he hits him. And then they go up. Oh, nope. 15 yards roughing the passer and, and there was no opportunity, no reasonable opportunity They they, they do have to come up with a way to keep the quarterback safe, of course, but to also understand that these defensive players are going to hit quarterbacks. And like, like, like Max says, there are times when if you're running full tilt at a guy and he does something at the last second, he's, he's got the ball and he throws it at the last second. You you can't necessarily stop in time. And, and I, and, and I think I've seen plenty of times, not even, I think there have been plenty of times when the penalties for roughing the passer seem arbitrary or unfair because like the defensive guy was in a situation where he had nothing else he could do in that. I, you see the same kind of thing sometimes with guys getting hit as they're going out of bounds too. Like the, the guy's coming right at him and then he steps out and you, you still hit up 15 yards and, and things like that. You know, Doc, you should know Mac by now. Unfortunately, you don't. Mac doesn't like any type of change. Even in baseball, 
when they had the new rule that the catcher had to leave a path for the runner to score at home plate, Mac was a believer, I'm sure, that the catcher should fully be allowed to block all the home plate and the runner can run right into him. Mac was okay with those collisions. Hey, when I played baseball, and as I know a lot of people did, you have as much right to that base as the runner does. That's the way it used to be. But back to football, guys, it's got to change. Because what's going to happen, and and and, it, and I know it's going to happen. I don't know if it has or not. It's going to change the game where it keeps the drive alive and they win the game, a Super Bowl, a championship, because of that penalty. It happens every Sunday. They let them play, they say, during the playoffs. And if they let them play during the playoffs, why don't they let them play during the regular season? Yeah. What about to get hurt? Yeah. Well, Aaron Rodgers Don't play football. Then you won't get hurt. Play another sport. That's all I can say. That's what you signed up for. And that's at any level. I'm, I, there has to be yeah. something done. And I think my, my, my problem solved here is just put flags on them. That way they won't get hurt and teams won't get penalized. And there you go. There you are. Just put the flags on them. And, and it solves all problems. As it's an interesting idea. Obviously, uh, in reality, you, you think about uh, Eli Manning and, and that great play with the helmet catch and all that. They would have pulled the flag, right? They yeah. would have grabbed his flag. Why would, the would have been deprived flag? of... Wait, wait. Why would they have pulled the flag? No, no, no. If no, he had fully. flags on him, the defensive guy would have been able to really? grab it in that situation. He oh, was in the grass. Been ridiculous. Turned, I agree. Right? I agree. I agree. That's how absurd it is in the NFL today. Point taken. And if it was in the grass rule, he would have been done too. They got rid of that rule. But if it was in the grass, that he would have been, that play wouldn't have, wouldn't have uh, went through either. And there's a lot of great plays made by great NFL players that now, because of the the rule to protect a quarterback. Granted, he's a big part of it. That's why you got a second-string quarterback. That's why you pay second-string quarterback's money is to come in in case somebody gets he gets hurt. I'm sorry, that's the game, and and I don't understand why uh, uh, you can't play football the way it's keep meant. Keep in mind, keep one last thing. I'm going to say on this issue. Keep this in mind. Unlike the other positions, the quarterback can't defend himself. Other positions, players can defend themselves. Even receivers can defend themselves to an extent. And receivers block. Quarterbacks are defenseless. I, they got an offensive line, Jack. That's yeah, no, they, they themselves are defenseless. How are, what, how are they defenseless, Jack? They can only run away if someone's coming after them and get Make rid of the move. ball. Make a move. Make a move on the guy. I mean, I don't. I don't understand. I don't understand what you say. We have. Uh, we live in a nature running quarterback. Well, there you go. I mean, listen, Jack. The the nature of the game is violent and physical. The players know this. The fans watch it because of that. They don't watch it because it's nice. They no, watch it no. because they watch it because it's a violent. Mac, if you're living in the dark ages, I mentioned a boxing before because you had a boxing writer, Joey Corpus. Come on. You were the and they allowed rabbit punches, kidney punches, and they outlawed that. You would have said, Oh no, they're not they're not making boxing, they're taking away weapons, this and that. Well, they do rabbit punches. Oh, they, they Pat, do. Let, let, 
Let's end this topic and congratulate Pags uh, on the Philadelphia Phillies. Kudos for their victory over there and they're advancing. They have one more round to go. It's never gimme in baseball, but I anticipate they will beat Arizona and be back in the World Series. But it, it remains to be seen. They still have to get it done. Welcome, Pags. Uh, How are you doing? I'm doing well. How about yourselves? I figure great. this show probably isn't doing very well since you're on the Yankees to talk about. We we were talking about Bryce Harper. Talking, we've been yeah, talking about football. We've been talking about all sorts of great stuff. If the Yankees had Bryce Harper, the Yankees would be in the Philly spot, but the Yankees blew no, it in 2019. No. <laughs> Mac and I were arguing that before. Uh, the show. I tell you what, I I, I got to ask you guys because obviously you've you've been following baseball a long time. Have you ever? Uh, experienced a crowd like has been going on in Philadelphia at a no. baseball game. The Philly Phenomenal. fans have been terrific. The, 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 you keep hearing about it. You keep seeing the enthusiasm and how much they're into this sport. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah it's, you it's... know, watching the packs. I saw it on TV. You were there. It's like the Philly fans are part of the game. Part of the game. That's something that credit to Mac and myself too, because we've tried to involve the fans in the game in more ways than one. Doc would be happy in an empty stadium, you get the feeling. But the Philly fans are phenomenal, phenomenal. It's like New Year's Eve. It's about the clock's about to hit midnight and every, every pitch, uh, I'm impressed. Yeah, I, I tell you, I have not experienced, I, I think that in some cases we're louder than last year which is a surprise. Uh, it's, it's really been amazing to experience. Uh, I mean, obviously my voice is even affected by it because, you know, I have to even bring my level up some, which is, you know, it, it that's a, that's a big statement for me, you know, that I have to try to match some of the energy that's out there, you know, and I'd love to say that I was, you know, I'm part of the cause of this, but I mean, obviously, I'm not. You know, these these fans of you know are really exciting, and to just witness it at a baseball game, like a football style atmosphere at a baseball game, you know, it, I I feel like that this is still a lot of a baseball town. I mean, I know that the Eagles rule the rule the world here, but I don't know. The Phillies are a much closer second than I think people thought. Pax, answer me, am I correct? I don't think the Eagle fans, as loud as they've been, were ever as loud as the Philly fans were in this past series. As great as the Eagle fans have been, I think... Yeah, uh, so, uh, you know, it's interesting that you say it like that because this is where the dynamics of the stadiums actually play the the acoustics of the stadiums actually play a little bit uh, and i in, in citizens bank park they have the overhang a- around most of the the diamond and so uh, it actually echoes more towards more towards the field from that side uh, it it really is. I thought last year was loud. I mean, this year people's watches are going off that you're in too much of a loud area, like the, before the first pitch happens. And it's it's really been amazing. 
looking at some pictures of Citizens Bank Park here. Uh, I, I just want to see how, about that overhang and 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 how it looks and stuff like that. It's not a it's not a like a tremendous overhang. It's not anything crazy, but like they, they've been showing the pictures of the guys that are on top of there, and those guys aren't fans. Those are the guys doing the pyrotechnics. So it's that's they just have guys that are standing up on top of the you know the stadium. However, it's you know, I mean, like it says, it covers three quarters of the field. It doesn't cover the outfield. Uh, and then you have over that one spot, the overhang from the 200 and 300 level just helps echo really well. The acoustics in that building are amazing. Well, it's a beautiful park. There's no doubt about that. So, and it's working. I mean, th this is what you want, right? And it's one of the knocks on the Tampa Bay Rays is I don't even think they, they – I mean, their crowds were terrible for the playoffs. And so you have a city there that's not supporting the team, and then you have a city like Philadelphia that's totally into it. And, I mean, this is what you want to watch. When you're watching a game, you want the fans to be into it, and you want, as the people who care about the sports – to have teams that create enthusiasm in their cities and Philadelphia is doing that. So that's awesome. Well, I mean, you just look at the prices for the, you know, the wild card series alone. Uh, I think it was $7 in Tampa, 22 in Minnesota, 33 in Milwaukee and 200 in Philadelphia. You know, uh, same situation here. I think it's cheaper to go and get a flight and go to Arizona and buy a ticket there to the game than it is to buy a ticket for this game, you know, here. And so that's, how, how does, that's, how does the common fan get into the game? If it's so expensive in Philadelphia, uh, they don't get lucky and win it, get lucky and be able to buy a ticket, you know, and be part of the lottery. It's, it's not simple. It's not simple. Uh, I mean, obviously it's that time of year. So everybody's like hit, trying to hit me up for tickets. And I'm like, listen, I ain't got them. You know, it's just, I don't think you, you guys have no idea. Like I, it's like, I, you know, they think that I just get. Wait, 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 Pax. We've known one another. Well, it's not that long a ride from New York to Philly. If the Phillies in the world series with Houston, I might want to catch a game and you're my contact. I was going to hit you up. Okay. Uh, I will tell you that, uh, you know, I, Get in line. <laughs> well, how about this? If the Jets beat the Eagles tomorrow, you owe me. Uh, listen, there's another thing that you don't have to worry about because I don't think the Jets have ever beaten the Eagles, right? Are the Eagles well, still one of those teams that the Jets have never beaten? <laughs> yes. Is that true? They've never beaten the Eagles in the history of ever? In the history of ever <laughs> or forever, mm. whatever. That's amazing. Um, you, you ought to make, don't make that bet because it's not smart. Cause you know, on any given Sunday or whatever they say. Well, well, not only that, not only that, but what do I win if uh, the Jets lose? You know, I just thought of something that if Rocky was not fictional, if Rocky was real, would Rocky be the most famous athlete in Philadelphia history? I think even Rocky being fictional makes him one of the most famous athletes in <laughs> Philadelphia history. It, it's th th so this was the conversation this week. Has Bryce Harper overtaken Brian Dawkins as the most iconic 
figure, sports figure in Philadelphia. Wait, wait, and, wait. Bobby Clark is more iconic than both of them. Yeah, but see, like, I remember Bobby Clark, but it, it, this is a younger, this is a younger crowd now. So, Brian Dawkins, Brian Dawkins o overshadowed Bobby Clark years ago. You know, that's, you know, once he became a Hall of Famer, Bobby Clark went by the wayside. Bobby Clark is, you know, was iconic in the 80s and in the 90s and maybe up to year 2000. After year 2000, it's been Brian Dawkins. Brian Dawkins has been number one. Uh, it, Allen Iverson, uh, like I Alan said, it's, yeah, like one and one A. Bryce Harper. Uh, Got to win a World Series to even discuss it. We shouldn't even be discussing it without a World Series, you know. I don't know. Brian Dawkins didn't win a, win a World Championship. Yeah, but uh, Harper, come on. He's not a career Philly. If Doesn't Harper, matter. Hypothetically, hypothetically, let's say Harper's career ended now. I don't think he quite has the Hall of Fame resume yet, even though I think he'll get there. I don't know. Yeah, I know, you know. It's funny. I was talking to a baseball historian yesterday, and I was talking about – so you're going to say Bryce Harper doesn't have the numbers or anything, but yet Roland, Scott Roland, is in the Hall of Fame now. Get out I'll of here. I'll give Harper a look. I'll give Harper a look. But the point I'm trying to make, if I was going to vote for him to go in the Hall of Fame and I was in charge of saying which uniform he'd wear, he'd go in as a Washington National at this point. No. No way. No fifth. way. Yeah, no he way. hasn't been with the Phillies quite how many years? He's been with them a few years. This is his sixth year. Sixth year. He okay, was with, more he was than with a few years. Washington. This, was is, this seven. is his fifth year, and he was with Washington for seven. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, and close. if his career it's ended right now, he's, yeah. he's, a, he's a borderline Hall of Famer at this point. He's, he's probably, he'll if be his in. career he'll ended, in. he'll get in. He'll get if his, in. If his career ended right now, he's got an MVP, two MVPs, a rookie of the year. He's 306 home runs. Five years from now, they'll say, if his career ended right now, eh, 889 RBIs. They didn't even get 1,000. He's a 281 lifetime hitter. <laughs> Listen, I want Bryce Harper on the Yankees. I wanted him on the Yankees. I've written a million times that the Yankees not getting Bryce Harper was a generational mistake. I think Bryce Harper is, will be a Hall of Famer. You're asking if his career ended right now, it's it, it would be borderline. Yeah, but I think that borderline, I think that line dropped tremendously the moment that they poured in Scott Rowland. Uh, you have to understand, Doc. Pags does not like Scott Rowland because he went in there as a St. Louis Cardinal and he kind of dissed. Beyond that, I, I actually, I, I, that, that has nothing to do with it, actually. The truth of the matter is, is that his numbers do not equal Hall of Fame worthy. He's a third baseman, different position. It's yeah, not it's, Hall of Fame worthy. Scott Rowland was the best third baseman not in the Hall of Fame. Well, I don't know. And you know, like with, I think, I, I mean, I and I don't, I, I don't know, and I can't compare the numbers because I have, I've not seen. But I, I think is Ken Caminiti in the well, Hall. No, of he's Fame? not even in that ballpark. Put it a better way to Doc. You had your choice to have them the next ten years at their peak. Scott Rowland or Craig Nettles. Who do you take? Well, he, I'm just going by the sheer statistics. I would take Nettles every day. Here he is. 
I mm-hmm. wanted Scott Rowland to go into the Hall of Fame because when you look at all those lists of who the greatest third baseman are, Rowland always ranks just above Nettles. With Rowland getting in, the greatest third baseman who's not in the Hall of Fame is now Greg Nettles. And so that gives me the argument that it's time for Nettles to get in the Hall of Fame. He was my favorite player growing up, and it's time for Greg Nettles to be in the Hall of Fame. But if Roland wasn't in, they always had the argument, well, Roland statistically was better than Nettles. Well, now he's not, because now nobody's better than Nettles because Roland is in. That's my argument. That's the point I'm making. So for my own selfish interests, Scott Roland getting in makes Greg Nettles' case that much stronger. But we're getting close to the to the end here. Um, we were just talking about Mac. Welcome back. That uh, is Bryce Harper, a Hall of Famer. He will be. I, I right now he's borderline because you'd be comparing him to other outfielders and stuff. And his overall career numbers, I think, are just a little underwhelming. But they're all going to go up because he's thirty. I actually had a big debate uh, a couple weeks ago with a Saber group on Thurman Munson and does he belong in the Hall of Fame? And I argued that he did and he does. But the argument against him would be the exact same argument if Bryce Harper stopped playing right now, that he was great, but he didn't quite have enough longevity. His career wasn't quite long enough, and he didn't get those counting statistics high enough. I don't necessarily agree with all that, but that would be the argument they'd use against Harper. It's the same argument they use against Mattingly. His career didn't last long enough. His peak wasn't long enough or whatever. But they don't use the argument for Sandy Koufax. He's a I, no I understand that. They don't use that argument for Kirby Puckett. Everybody makes their arguments on a case-by-case basis, which I guess is how it should be. But I'm what I'm saying is I think they would use the same arguments they use against Munson and Mattingly and uh, Dale Murphy – uh, that 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 they needed to do a little more for a little longer before they could get in. But overall, will Harper be a Hall of Famer? I, I, I don't even think it's a question because I think he's going to yeah. continue to dominate for years. And if he propels the Phillies to a World Series, obviously that that's only going to help his kids. If he's a World Series MVP this year, he could retire. And to me, he would have crossed the line as a Hall of Famer. I, I don't even know that he needs to be the MVP. Like, I think if he has a good series, right now, like, you would have to say, you'd have to say the MVP of this last series was Nick Castellanos. You know, like, he, four home runs, I mean, he, he, I think he batted 400 in the series. You know, like, Harper, as good as he was, uh, still was overshadowed by Nick in terms of how well they played. Uh so anybody like Trey Turner could be, I don't think it matters. He doesn't need to be the MVP of the series. If they win the ring, yeah, he's, I and I tell you, yeah. he's focused. They are focused. Yeah. I know that everybody likes to say, oh, they're celebrating too hard or whatever. Yeah, I tell you, this team is very focused and very in line with what's going on and what they're about to do. Well, I wish them luck. Rick Sherlock makes the question, is the greatest Philly athlete Mike Schmidt? I was thinking the same thing because I don't know enough about basketball to argue the guys you were yeah. talking about. Again, again, it, listen, I and I, I grew up loving Mike Schmidt. Yeah. You know, he's, he's definitely my favorite Philly of all time. Uh, that being said, again, you get to the year 2000 and you start to forget. Like, history disappears almost. So, you know, from 2000 plus... It's absolutely Harper. You know, will a World Series ring would definitely propel him in that same conversation. You know, it would be Mike Schmidt, Harper, 
You know, like those. All right, we have we have like thirty seconds. What about Doctor J? Didn't he do a lot in Philly? Again, yeah, we're talking. We're talking before the year two thousand. So yeah, he did a lot in Philly, but he's always been overshadowed by Will Chamberlain, and Will Chamberlain wasn't here for very long. Interesting stuff. The greatest Philadelphia athlete, according to Mac, or excuse me, the Jack and me, at least, Rocky Balboa. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the end of the show already. Pags, you got to come earlier next week because we want to talk about the Phillies. Hopefully they sweep and they keep rolling along. I will try my best. Next Saturday is my birthday. It'll be the day after my birthday, so uh, I will try my best. All right. You are going to be what, 30? Close. 51. I'm a lot closer to you guys than you think. (laughs) You're close to me. I'm not that much further than you. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for watching the Mac and Jack and Pags and Dr. Sim Saturday Debate Show. They'll be back again tomorrow as they are almost every day at 8 a.m. with another great hour or two of sports talk. It's the football show. Make sure you tune in. Have a great day.